Okay, this is Let's Talk VoiceOver. I think we might need to just, like, hire you to do the little slate open every time. Because I like that. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) I did the Universal Studio Tour for two years when I was in my late teens. And I went to the Universal Studio Tours once, so. So were you you a docent? I was, uh, I wore the, the pink shirt and the blue pants and the black shoes, and I said... Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of MCA and Universal Studios, I'd like to welcome you to the Universal Studios Tour. There is no eating, smoking, or drinking while the tram is in motion. And if you are smoking, please put yourself out on the floor of the tram. And it goes on and on and on. Wow. (laughs) Great fun. So you did this live or they actually recorded you? We were in the tram. I sat up at the front pointing. See that big black building? That's the building we used in Earthquake. No, we didn't actually destroy the building. We held a large piece of plexiglass and we shook the (laughs) plexiglass in front of the camera. (laughs) If you look to the left, you'll notice the first view of the MCA back (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I stop at at Prop Plaza. I only did the first half. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Cliff Zellman has been in the biz of audio production for over four decades. That's a really long time. He's pretty much recorded, produced, directed, and edited just about anything and everything audio. He's received several awards over the years, including an Emmy for the 1990 Outstanding Lyrics and Music for Beauty and the Beast. His audio production experience has taken him throughout the country and all over the world, recording music, voice, albums, TV commercials, radio commercials, shows, movies, just about anything audio that exists. Cliff has done it. In 2006, he founded the Dallas Voice Acting Meetup Group that now has well over a thousand members in it. He is currently the director of audio production and client creative services for Radio Vision Inc. in Dallas having created over 20,000 automotive spots during the past 21 years. In his spare time, yeah, yeah, right, Cliff creates custom voiceover demos for actors. He's also on the Technical Standards Committee of WOVO, the World Voices Organization, and leads talent workshops all over the country. After 40 years of playing this game, Cliff has both Randy and I outranked, so we're just going to roll some hard drive here and see what happens. Let's talk voiceover, Cliff Zellman. Man, thank you so much. I'm tired just listening to that introduction. <laughs> I can oh, I can rewrite it goodness. and edit it if you need to. I'm, you know, it's kind of my oh, thing. Oh, no, so. no. What the heck? Keep it in there. It was, a, it was a lot of work, you know. I deserved it. Was any of it true? That's what I want to know. I started, uh, I walked into a recording studio in 1977. I thought it was magic. Nice. And, uh, and it is. You know, I had no idea how sound got from one point to the other. I didn't see anything. I see a big console in the middle of the studio and a bunch of gear on the walls. And I had no idea. I figured it's either got to be magic or infrared. And uh, I was working late, obviously, probably cleaning toilets or emptying trash, which is what I did for the first two years at this studio. And I walked in late at night and the maintenance guys had all the floorboards up and uh, I witnessed thousands and thousands of cables going all underneath the floor. And it was an epiphany. It was like, wow, point A to point B. Uh, and the most important thing I ever learned in, in audio engineering is, is basically think in sequence. You know, um, source, where's it coming from? Mode, what's it doing? A sign, where's it going? And when I saw those cables, 
running everywhere that we couldn't see, it was like just this massive light bulb. Oh, I get it. Things are in order, you know, and uh, they make a difference. So, um, goodness gracious, that was about 45 years ago. Working in a studio is magic, though. Mm -hmm. It, it, It really truly is. For any of us who have been lucky enough to be in a studio at any point in time, I mean, that's that's the draw. Right. I mean, that's really it's that's what it is. It's magic. And it's that magical feeling that you get just being able to get in there and do it again. And to be the engineer, every atom of music uh, is passing through your fingers. So as the guitar players playing, you're the guitar players, the drummers playing, you're the drummer, the keyboard, so on and so on. It's, It's really what keeps us there for like 36 straight hours. I can't even count the times I walked out of the studio. I didn't know if it was sunrise or sunset. We'd go in on Monday. We'd come out on Wednesday. After 25, 30 years of that, you know, I got a little tired of bass overdubs at three o'clock in the morning, you know, <laughs> and, and and the producer saying, hey, Cliff, have your assistant make a pot of coffee, you know, at 2.30 in the morning. I didn't want to, you know, get out of production. But I just didn't really want to do records anymore. I did for, for so many years, you know, I would spend, you know, 12 hours on the perfect hi-hat click, stick click, you know, and spent 15 hours on the perfect snare drum reverb. Now I go to Warner Chapel and I download a great music. There band. you go, right? <laughs> oh, it costs a fortune, but I'll tell you what, man, it's, uh, it's wonderful. What are your favorite projects? Well, I, honestly, I think my favorite projects – and we're, we're talking 40 years here, is voiceover demos. Huh. Creating uh, a voice, creating a place, creating a persona, creating an identity for these very, very talented, incredibly talented voice actors. Right. I had the opportunity to record a 103-piece orchestra that was uh, very, very expensive every day, tune of almost over a little over $200,000, so the pressure was definitely on. Oh, my. <laughs> I had a boss back, back in the day that said to me, Clifford, it never costs any more to put the fucking machine into record. <laughs> so that's, that's him saying the F word, not me. So it's, it's actually okay. Tell us about the Beauty and the Beast thing. This, is this the Disney movie or is this the TV show that happened uh, sometime in the, in the 80s and 90s? Beauty and the Beast was, was great. I got to, it, was, it was a, a real crash course in recording voiceover because the entire album was uh, read by Ron Perlman, Shakespeare, Wordsworth, E. Cummings, wonderful poetry, uh, all set behind the music that was in the TV show. And we got a contract with CBS, so not only did I do the Beauty and the Beast, but uh, China Beach. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dana Delaney show, right? Wasn't she in it? And uh, Ricky Lake and, and a couple other people were in that, yeah. Murphy Brown and the Dallas TV show. You worked on Dallas? I did the Dallas soundtrack album. Nice. And it's funny because I did it, you know, 10 years before I moved to Dallas. <laughs> da, 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 da. That was fun. And if you ever, if, if you've ever bored, and I mean really bored, um, go to YouTube and type in Dallas theme like disco mix or dance mix or something. It's, oh my, it's, it's hysterical. The big breakdown, you know, where the break, do, oh, do, yeah. Do, yeah, do, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Do, and everyone was so doing funny. the remixes and the, and the dance know, and then mixes. The drum solo, sure. and then it comes back into da, yeah. da, 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 da. And it was funny because a lot of the stuff we couldn't use. I'll tell you something right now. 
a singer becomes an actor a lot easier than an actor becomes a singer. Oh, oh yeah. 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 That is that is the truth. You got people like Barbara Streisand, Chris Christopherson, Tom Waits, you know, these guys, Bette Midler, these guys are great actors. And then you get, uh, you know, a TV show of actors and put them in front of a microphone and <laughs> wow. I'm not going to tell you the name of the actual actor, but I got a call from a lawyer and they said, uh, you know, do you like this person? And I said, sure. And they said, do you think this person is, is, is nice? And I said, yeah, sure. You know, they said, do you want to ruin this person's career? <laughs> I said, no. He says, okay, I'm coming down in an hour. I want you to press record. I want to see all the meters drop. Oh, wow. I said, sure. Come on down. Bring it in writing. <laughs> Tell me you're the one that wants to pull the plug on this, and then I'll be happy to. Wow. You know, I, I'm a recording engineer. <laughs> I can't erase anything. <laughs> it goes against every grain of my existence. Absolutely. I know. And this is why we have the William Shatner album. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Absolutely. I was, I was exactly who I was going to bring up. Well, and for that matter, Leonard Nimoy. Oh, yeah, there was that. There oh, was that, that was too. actually Shatner's is Shatner's is funny because he makes fun of it himself. And Leonard Nimoy, I don't think ever made fun of it. I think it's like, well, I can, I can sing like, no, no, no you cannot man, really hit your eyes <laughs> like a big pizza pie. <laughs> well, because Nimoy really tried. I mean, he's doing this gravitas <sighs> thing the whole time. And, and it's just you know terrible. What? Oh, man. Certain people just shouldn't. I should never do plumbing. Leonard Nimoy shouldn't sing. I can do electrical all day long. <laughs> I'll make you a deal. I won't go on camera and you stay away yeah, from the mic. Let's make okay, a deal, deal right here. Deal, yes. But that that was fun. Um, I got I got to work with uh, Jim Henson. Nice. About a month before he died, oh. and he was the nicest human being you'd ever want you know, to work with. You know, I know some other people who have worked with him, and the, and that's universally what's said about him. Yeah, just it the was... kindest heart and the and the most gentle person. Yeah, and his kindness and his genteel nature drove the session. Sure. I mean, it's what really got the creative juices flowing is that everybody really wanted to please him. Yeah. And uh, the freedom that he gave the actors was uh, was wonderful. And a lesson that I learned from that was trust your talent. Ah. You know, you're, you hire somebody for a specific job, trust yep. them. If they have an idea, let them do it. If they want to do something on there, let them do it. You know, trust the talent. 100% agree with that. And that's one of the things that has kind of driven me away from advertising to some degree is this whole need to, you know, by, by the people that are doing this stuff, the need to direct or to get this specific thing out of their head. And it's like, that's, that's just completely backwards. You hired this person to do your voice. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that they have to say a specific yeah. line or you got to get the tag in or whatever, but let them do their thing. You can always adjust them from there, but let them be that, let them mold their own clay. You know, that's why you hired them. Yeah. Exactly. There's a reason you're hiring them. Yeah. Right. You know, we're past the auditions. What I do when I get new talent for my agency, I'll direct them for the first three or four spots. Tell them how I like it. This is how I like the laundry list. This is how I like the call to action, the creation of urgency. Mm -hmm. uh, this is how I like terms and incentives. And then after that, two or three directions, I'm emailing them the script. They're sending it to me back in an hour. Boom. It's a job. The more I have to direct you, at least with the agency, the less desirable I think uh, that right. talent would be. Yeah. Completely agree. How did you transition from the music side to the commercial side? Well, uh, discounting age. <laughs> you know, yeah, let's just um, discount age you know, because I mean, none of us really want to go there right now. Bruce Wadeen is probably in his 70s. I'm sure he's still cutting albums. You know, Al Schmidt is not a young guy and, I, and he's still cutting albums. 
But in 1994, there was a horrific earthquake. Yeah, yeah. The Northridge one, right? Yeah. yeah my house was the bla- – I was up in the Hollywood Hills, kind of right at the foothills. Um, and where I was living was literally destroyed. Uh. Um, FEMA knocked on our door, came inside and said, wow. And you don't want FEMA saying, wow, you know, anything near you. Um, we needed a place to live. We needed to move. So um, my brother met a girl from Dallas eight years before we moved there. Every couple of times a year, I love my brother, every couple of times a year, we, me and my wife would go visit and the kids and we'd stay with my brother. One night, I'm out walking his dog. Me and my wife are taking a nice little stroll and we see a house for sale. This is while we're looking in L.A., I look at the hat price and I say, honey, this looks like a reasonable down payment. She says, <laughs> I think, is, this the, is this the rental price? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really. Is that a month? You know, and she says, I think that's the price of the house. So, um, you know, we made a bid. We got the house and we are on a beautiful street with trees covering the middle in an exemplary rated school district. Dallas is a major hotspot in the country. People are moving here like crazy. They're building Frisco out like you wouldn't believe in Plano and, yep. and yeah. Anna and McKinney. And it's just exploding. And you'll, sure. I'm thrilled. And it's really nice. So we've been here for 21 years and I hooked up with Radio Vision. I walked in. I had a couple other interviews. But when I walked into Radio Vision, I said, oh, my God, do they need me? I've got some say. And I've been with them for 22 years. Wow. That's sure. amazing. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's so much uh, freedom, equal respect. The bosses, the the two owners of the company basically say, Cliff, do whatever you want as long as we like it. (laughs) I take what I do very, very seriously. Interpretation is very important. Mix, edit, all the music, all the sound effects, the message, everything. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a car spot. So it's neat that, you know, I can be so into it, yet it's not like an audio book. You know, you do Catcher in the Rye, man. That, that's a legacy. Yeah. You know, that's a work of art. This is going to last for hundreds of years. My car spot's going to be off the air in five days because incentives change. It's true. Yeah. And that, gentleman is why I always say that automotive is the holy grail of voiceover. <laughs> exactly that reason. For your average voice talent who gets cast at a dealership, how many commercials do they do on average for a year? How about a week? Sure. About about 14. <laughs> okay. 14 um, different variations in the same week? Well, they've Ford right. has got F-150. They've got Focus. They've got Fusion. They've got F-250. Sure. You know, they've got every model. So you figure there's 14, 15, 16 automotive manufacturers. Each manufacturer has five to six or seven models. Each model needs an advertisement, and each advertisement is only good for five days. Wow. And you've heard the old adage, you know, it's all over Sunday, right? Yep. Sunday, Sunday, yep. it's all over. So it's true. Because those incentives and terms come mm-hmm. from the manufacturer. They're not coming from the dealership. If you say 0% financing for 60 months when financed through right. Ford Motor Company. Right. Right. All these things that they offer you, you know, no payments to, for, for six months if financed through Toyota right. Motor Corporation. So it's true. You know, the 0% for, for the life of the loan is true. 
up until Sunday. But you come in Monday, they'll give you it's something It's a new else. deal. Right, right, right. And and if you wait long enough, there's yeah. another new deal that's as good or better than the one you missed out right. on. Right. I guess that's so. more of the, Right. That's right. Next month is going to be truck month. And the month after that's going to be truck month. And the month after that's going to be truck month. So, you know, there's always good deals to have. Um, I, I The auto dealerships and, uh, you know, they kind of have a bad name. And I think that really comes from the fact that, you know, a lot of people think that automotive dealership ads, they talk so fast. And they're fast talkers, you know, they don't want you to hear what they're saying, but that's not necessarily true. Uh, certain states require disclaimers sure. that can be 60% of the spot. Right. Can be the disclaimer. So we've got to get in the model, the incentives, the prices, the location, the sale, the event title, the dealership name, the dealership address, point of sale, and then we've got a 15 second disclaimer. So, the fast talking is they've just got to get so much information, you know, in 30 and 60 seconds. But automotive is, you know, you get into the groove, you check your email every hour, you're getting another script. Yeah. And that's just mm-hmm. one agency. Yeah. You've got yourself agencies all across the country. So in automotive, there's this big trend towards using celebrity voices. How does that play with for what national. you guys do for national stuff? Yeah. The John Hamm for Mercedes and Aaron Paul for Mazda and all that. I do not do nationals. I do local and regional only. Aha. Uh-huh. Because we work on volume. Okay. We're a small company. We've got maybe 35 people. More than half are technical. The other half are account reps and sales teams. And the other half is like, you know, maintenance and cleanup and all that kind of stuff. The actors, the, the Matthew McConaughey doing Lincoln, uh, yeah. is awesome. Yeah. I think they're great. You know, every line is one step closer to our destiny. You know, that's neat stuff. My guys are blue collar voice talent. You don't get the chance to say that with that kind of a pacing when you have exactly what you just explained, right? The location, the dealership, the, all the disclaimers and blah, blah, blah. And you get one a year. Yeah. Oh, that's the other side. Yeah, you might get 15 grand or 20 grand, but you're only going to get one or two national spots a year from Ford. Right. From Chevy, from Mercedes. You know, they, they, their spots cost $2 million. You know, they're not going to blow out 14 of them a week. Right. So there's no union. There's no managers, there's no agents, which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you don't have an agent and you get hooked in with a shady uh, agency, you know, dealership, you know, you should have some protection. But, uh, you know, Radio Vision is, is very, very transparent. I pay all of my talents within two weeks. Wow. Uh, no, no 90 days because I want to own you. <laughs> hey, you pay me in two weeks and, and I'll come wash your car, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is I don't want to say, hey, hey, you know, Randall, I know I owe you three grand, but can you do one oh, yeah. more spot no. for me, please? You know, no. that ain't going to happen. Yeah. The guys that I work with, uh, one of them uh, was rated number nine in the Benstown promo voices of all times. Wow. And this guy's jumping through the hoops to work with me and my company. Sure. And I will proudly give his name as Mr. Randy Reeves. And he's one of the best I've ever worked with. I I put both of his kids through college. I mean, I've been working with the guy for 15 (laughs) years. Um, The guys that I work with, you know, maybe you heard of a couple of them, uh, but most of them are just clocking in reading their spots, shipping them and clocking out. It's a job. Right. You know, they're not posting. They're not taking pictures of themselves in the booth. They're not, you know. Right. 
putting up posters, you know, saying, be who you are, you know, all that stuff. They're just doing their job. And I kind of think that's maybe what voiceover needs to kind of get back to. But I don't know if that'll ever happen. So I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, why are there not any imaging spots even done at the local level, especially when you're trying to brand a dealership? Uh, is that in your estimation, because that's the way that it's always been done? Is there a, a is it just the dealers themselves don't really they talk about building brand and then when push comes to shove, they don't they want to talk about the week or is there something else? Oh, they absolutely my guys absolutely do. I thought I misunderstood your question for a while. Oh, no. Branding is essential. When I say branding, like like image. So in the same way that we're talking about the McConaughey spots, for instance, okay, that nobody is going to do that at the local level, but that is but that is built. Oh, 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 I mean, imagey. Right. Yeah, imagey spots okay, versus okay. price and okay. deal, deal of the week. Well, uh, a couple of reasons. One of them is they don't have the time for the drama needed for the interpretation. Mm -hmm. um, right. Also, that's that takes a lot of creativity. I'm banging out. Uh, 14 spots a day. Right. Um, sure. The time to actually produce something of that epic production takes a long time. Let's let the national production companies do that. Mm -hmm. Let them do that. A lot of my clients are looking for the more national sound. But what they're looking for more is the, you know, it's spring into summer event at Toyota with the Toyota thon, right. you know, and they talk about the cars and they talk less about the dealerships. When you're talking about a local and a regional dealership advertising, we're not advertising the car. You can buy a Toyota Camry anywhere. It's going to be identical. A Corolla is a Corolla. So my job is to say, why do you want to buy your Corolla? at this dealership as opposed to that dealership. So that's really where my job is. I'm not really focusing on the car. I'm focusing on customer service. I'm focusing on selection, hours, uh, discounts, you know, Makes service bay, sense. you know, all yeah. that stuff. Because yeah. I don't need to advertise the car. Toyota's going to advertise their car. True. I'm going to advertise the specific dealership. Mm-hmm. That so makes maybe so that's, much sense. I think yeah. that's the reason why we we don't really go too imagey, because we're we're not saying anything about the dealership. You know, yeah. I'm not interested in saying how bitching a Toyota Corolla is. They are. I'm not interested in talking about how fast a Shelby is. I'm interested in saying when you're ready to step up to the power of Shelby, step up to the power of Randall Reed. So you know, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. What made you start the whole VO meetup group? Because what you're doing is, you know, full-blown production. It's not just voiceover, mm -hmm. but yet you've kind of become, in my mind at least, you are really, you know, you're an advocate for the voiceover business. You're an advocate for actors. Mm -hmm. uh, how, how, did that oh, come yes. how did that come about? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> in 2006, <laughs> uh, because I do local and regional and I had to have a lot of clients from Houston going all the way up to Kansas City. We got that whole center of the country really locked in. I wanted to start a group. And this is before Meetup was even known. You know, we're talking 2005, 2006. Not a lot of people knew what Meetup was. I was doing websites for people. And one of the websites I was working on was a spiritual fitness center, which I have nothing to do with now anymore. They're a bunch of charlatans. But they were advertising all of their meetup groups. You Tell know, us get how your you feel about that one, Cliff. Oh, God. I mean, well, first of all, $90 for a chakra polishing. 
Uh, no one polishes my chakra unless I want them to polish my chakra. They're wearing a ring. And yeah, they got a ring on their left hand if they're polishing my chakra. Or, uh, Reiki attunement, you know. Anyway, but these all these guys, all these facilitators had meetup groups. I said, wow, what's that? So, you know, I'm posting all the stuff, learning more about meetup. And I said, wow, this would be a neat idea and a neat way to get new talent for my ad agency. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the Dallas voice actors, not the voice students, not right. the voice oh, no. wannabes, Absolutely. not the voice newcomers, voice actors right. meetup group. First meetup I had, I had two people, a 28-year-old mom and her six-month-old baby. <laughs> the next meetup I had- And how good was the baby? Oh, the baby was terrific. <laughs> well, I mean, she had her line go. down. Moldable, moldable. She cried right on cue. See? Love um, that. The next meetup I had 10 people. The next meetup I had 30 and the next meetup I had 60. Oh my gosh. And I said, okay, this, this is not happening because everybody there wanted to get into voiceover. Mm. And I didn't start the meetup group to be a teacher. Uh, right. Um, yeah. I teach audio engineering. That's really what I teach if, if I'm going to teach. Um, I don't coach. Um, when I do demos, I coach extensively, but that's for a demo. And there's a reason that I'm coaching. Sure. I don't think it's a, it's, it's nothing I'm really interested to have somebody call me, give me $150 and me critique them for an hour and a half and they walk away with nothing. I don't, there's plenty of people that can do that. You know, I, I don't need to compete in that world. I don't need to market myself. Uh, I don't really have the time or the desires, but my desire was to get, like I said, to get new talent for my group. And then I realized all these people are interested in voiceover. Well, I can certainly lead them in the right direction and be honest and be transparent and not, I'm not in it for the money. Everything that I do other than radio vision is really out of my passion. Yeah. Uh, radio vision allows me to do just about anything else that I want to do. Um, at any price that I would set. So regardless of that. So what I did is I took about three months off and I wrote what I called the eight spokes of voiceover. And I figured that every voice talent coming into the business needs to master these eight spokes in order for you to hang your sign out and, you know, not make a fool out of yourself or your client or your copywriter or so on and so on. So took a couple months off and then I started each first I had newbies night. And then I had finding the clues in your script, understanding uh, interpretation, uh, studio etiquette, microphone technique, uh, basics of digital audio. Um, then I had another newbies night. And then I went on to uh, the director from hell. And then I had uh, <laughs> somebody from out of town uh, Skype in, either Dan Leonard, Dan Friedman, Uncle Roy. Sure. I had Corvo sure. come in and talk for a while and talk about Wovo. Okay. Had... Uh, Quite a few people. Uh, I think I think I had Mark Cashman coming in, and they were usually from seven o'clock at night to ten o'clock. But we'd always go till one o'clock in the morning. Nobody wanted to leave. People would drive from Oklahoma. Oh my gosh! Oh, it was they were huge. What wow. I would do, how I and I never had. Here's the secret: if anybody wants to start a meetup group, never have the meetup on the same night every month. Never do the second Tuesday of the month. Right. Because right. people will say, oh, you know what? I don't feel good. I'll go next month. What you do is you, you spring it on them and you say, urgent announcement, meet up this Wednesday. Or I would post something Sunday night and say, uh, sign up, start at nine o'clock Monday morning. By nine o'clock, 9.01, it was like, bing, 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 sold out. 
And then I would wow. have a waiting list. Everything was time stamped. But one of the, the best thing about Meetup is that the last couple years of the Meetup group, we went from place to place. We locked into a place called North Texas Reading for the Blind, which became mm-hmm. Reading and Radio Resource. They did all of the books on tape for blind people, uh, people with uh, sight impairments, people with dyslexia that have reading disabilities. Nice. So nice. this is a, a, and it was a gorgeous facility. Room would be, would seat 50. We only had 12. Ceiling to, to floor windows, 30 foot ceilings. It was a gorgeous place. We were there for two years and I donated 50% of everything that we made from the meetup. I charged 50 bucks a person because at every meetup we were recording I would edit it. I would mix it. I would give it back to them in a day or two. They would have either raw audio. They would have edited. And one time we would do auto night. Then we would do soccer dad day or soccer night, soccer mom night where, you know, when I signed up to be a soccer mom, I had no idea I was going to be driving 14 kids five hours a week. Thank God for my (laughs) Kia Sedona. So, you know, (laughs) character night, um, they got a lot. We would go five, six hours. And then at the end of every meetup, you know, I had three, four hundred bucks that I could donate to North Texas Reading for the Blind. It was wonderful. This went on for two years, three years. What ended up happening is uh, they decided either to move the location or they didn't get their funding. So they had to close their facility. Uh. And the guy that was in charge of closing the facility, closing down our facility, came up to me the last meetup. We didn't, wasn't a member. He was just there, you know, telling people how to pack boxes and stuff. The last meetup, when it was over, the guy responsible for pulling the plug comes up to me and says, hey, you know, I'd like to talk to you. I'm I'm really interested in getting into voiceover. (laughs) And I looked at this guy and I'm thinking to myself, you son of a bitch. And, you know, sure. Yeah, man. Here's my card. How about you start by not closing everything down? That would be a good starting point. Oh, it was a heartbreak. And I haven't had a meetup since. (sighs) Oh. Really? And I said, I'm, uh. so what I started to do is I started to use the meetup group as a uh, kind of a communication hub to bring in um, out-of-state talent. Okay. So once or twice a month, we'd bring in Dave Fenoy or Katie Lee or, you know, um, uh, whoever would want to come in, do a workshop. Sure. Uh, Ellery sure. Hennessy's a trip. Um, you know, Bob Bergen comes in. And Dallas is really now a, a point on the map for – we had uh, Mr. Randall Ryan come in. Um, and that was good, right? You filled that up, didn't you? Oh, yeah. 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 We actually had uh, auditors. And what's amazing is the talent you, you came across, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man, the, the talent in Dallas is outrageous. And they're all so eager and so smart and so happy. Dallas is really uh, – Really kicked it up. And I, I honestly, if I can give a little shout out uh, to the person that really started this is the Dame Betty Zoller. She really started it all mm-hmm. uh, back in the 60s and 70s and ladies doing voiceover and doing jingles. So let's all give a little nod of appreciation. You know, you, you kind of need to follow in somebody's footsteps. Um, yeah, I think that, uh, the city of Dallas owes a, a great debt of gratitude to Betty and the work that she did and the uh, road that she paved for a lot of people, uh, considering that voiceover was New York and LA only. And she really brought an eye to, uh, Dallas through Pam studio, jingle singing, uh, great voice work, audio book work, and so on and so on. So yay. Thank you, Ms. Z. 
Appreciate well, Dallas you. also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when Dallas first came on my radar when I was in Indianapolis, when I was still in Indy, obviously the ad agency landscape has changed enormously in the last yeah. 10 to 15 years. But at that time, it was like, holy crap, these guys, the agencies in Dallas are doing a ton of national and regional work. Who knew? Yeah. You know, Richard's and, group. Oh, yeah. Right. Holy That's cow. One, one really good example. Yeah. <laughs> really good example yes i never uh never approached them never have talked to them you know i they do their thing you know i do mine in la in the 80s man i mean it was major corporate you know there were lawyers and a and r and label people and 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 just so many hoops to jump through and union and all that stuff and i kind of wanted to just get away from that you know be in my little studio and cut car spots all day i had no, no idea how much i was gonna love it and there's, you know, Eric Romanowski, right? Yeah. Yeah. Incredible promo producer. Uh, he uh, posted something a couple of days ago. TGIM. Thank God it's Monday. And uh, those of us that, you know, <laughs> the wife goes to work, the, uh, you know, the uh, kids go to school and it's Monday and it's 915 and I've got my cup of coffee and I've got five scripts in front of me and life is good. So, and I'm in my studio yeah, and it's raining away, and it's raining left outside alone. <laughs> and the cats asleep at my feet and all is well in the world and I'm not getting yeah. any errors on Pro Tools. It's all good. So, <laughs> see, see, yeah, yeah. yeah By the that. way, Cliff, do you um, do any voice acting yourself? You know, I do character voices. I'll okay. do voices if uh, I'll do a, I do a lot of scratch reads for our video guys uh, so they can they can get a jump on the video because video is like six to one, you know, right. Six hours of video to one hour of audio. So I'll give them something, you know, to work with uh, if they need a California surfer guy. I'll do it. If you need a tough uh, New York guy, I can do that guy. Um, there you go. You know, I can do an old wizard, you know, the everybody does, you know, on their Current character, yeah, they all talk like this, and very easy to do. <laughs> they sound like an old Jewish doctor Hi. mostly, but yeah, yeah, they do it. <laughs> Jewish doctor, wizard, they're kind of the same thing. That's right. Uh, Doc, it hurts when I do David. Yeah, all my uncles. <laughs> my grandmother had six brothers and sisters. They all lived past ninety-five. Wow. And oh they my. all talk like that. <laughs> it was funny. It wasn't until they turned like seventy until the accent started to come in. You know, in their 50s and 60s, hi, Cliff, how are you? And then when they hit 80s, hi, buddy, you're talking about you're crazy. <laughs> you're the sugar man. <laughs> I don't know what happens. I think so much, you know, I got about, I got another 20 years and then I'm going to start to sound like, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Jackie Mason. Guy. You know, sound like Jackie Mason. Boy, <laughs> oh, yeah, I wrote a book. This oh, book man. was so famous. I'm the only person that ever hated this book. <laughs> <laughs> so um so what do you look for in a voice actor I'll when you, you when you I figured it out do look for somebody to bring on for a car client I'll tell you the secret and I figured it out it took me 30 years I can tell within 10 seconds if somebody's going to be a successful voice actor there is a range in your voice it's between 900 and 2k 900 hertz and 2000 yep. cycles where there is a constant sawtooth wave going now, to our audience who's listening, please forgive me for making this weird sound, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of ah, to have that going, and I overdid it, breaking up, but you, to have that sawtooth wave sitting in the upper mid-range of your voice naturally, 
That's what makes a voice actor. If you don't have that little peak, that little sawtooth, and, uh, you know, people are going to, I'm going to get hate mail for this. You may never sound like a voice actor. Oh, and we're going to encourage it. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> Listen to, to the, the big guys, especially the guys doing promo. They, whether it's a high voice, a low voice, medium, whatever the timbre of the voice is, baritone, soprano, doesn't matter. There's that, uh, there's that sawtooth wave in the upper mid range that cuts through. It cuts. That's exactly. And it's going it. to cut yeah. through the music. It's going to cut through the yeah. sound effects. It's going to cut through the story. And yep. that's really what differentiates somebody that's going to be successful and somebody that's not. Now I, I can hear it right now, dude. It's not about the voice. It's about the interpretation. Well, yeah, but you know what? It's about the voice too. Sure. Yeah, it really is. Um, Don LaFontaine wasn't Don LaFontaine because he didn't have a very good voice. No, no. Or Randy Reeves or Sean Caldwell. You know, Adam Lofbaum. These guys have voices that are, holy cow, I'd give my left you-know-what to sound like Adam. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and he's got just a normal sounding voice, but he's- uh, Oh, I know. Adam's here in Nashville. I, I moved to Nashville not too long ago. So Adam's here in Nashville. I met up with him one day. What a great uh, and, dude. You know, huh? nicest guy. Holy cow. Sat down, had coffee, and we're all done. He's like, yeah, I'm going to change my focus and really go full on into automotive because at heart, I'm a car guy. I'm like, yeah, he is. There you go. Yeah, he there got you go. it. He, he it. absolutely got it. And he fit into any any genre of automotive. Now, when you think about automotive, it's not one thing. It's as diverse as regular commercials. You know, you've got the daughter of the owner. You got the owner that sounds like this, or you try to sound like him. Um, yep. You've got the mother's soccer mom, soccer dad. You got the guy next door. You got the high pressure cell guy. Uh, you got the carnival. You got the barker. voice of God. Yeah, right? you got the voice of God. You've got the mellow yep. story. You've got the sultry. Imagine yourself yep. in a new Mercedes. So, the reason people fail in automotive is when they uh, audition. They audition the way the un unenlightened, they audition the way they think an automotive spot's is supposed to sound. And you think automotive, you think one thing. Well, don't. You know, it's acting. And all yep. of your clues are there on the script. You know, if you say, uh, hey, Steve, well, you know, you're the guy next door. Right, you know, or, right, right, right. You know, here on the farm, we work the land. Well, you're a farmer and you got your Ford F-150. I need a partner I can trust. So Absolutely. Th there's, there's everything. And people that audition for automotive maybe one, two, three times that don't get it, uh, that don't get the jobs, get discouraged. And they say, you know what? I'm just not a car guy. I'm just not an automotive guy. Well, no, you were too much of an automotive guy. You know, open up, open up your, your talent. And whenever, you know, I'm doing any kind of a workshop, one of the, the key phrases that I say is to expand your, your VO marketability. Because once you get into a dealership or get the idea of, of how to read the 14 major points of an automotive script, um, and that becomes a part of your DNA, you know, and you can immediately spot any one of these things. Now, not all car spots have all 14 points, but uh, every single line within a car spot is one of those 14 points. And sure. they're not that esoteric. It's, you know, if I rattle them off, you'd say, yeah, 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 yeah. But the, the whole idea of 
automotive screaming only uh, keeps a lot of really great voice talent from auditioning or thinking, here's another neat thing about automotive, especially local and regionals. You can market yourself. If you want to get into the national world, you want to get into to do work with Disney and work with Saban or Deke or any of these big animation companies, uh, you got to have an agent. You got to you got to be represented. You got to be known. You got to be in the click. You, you got to be in L.A. or, you know, it, it's much more restrictive. But if you're in Kansas and you've got a killer automotive demo and you've got a great home studio, you market yourself and you market directly to automotive dealerships, to general managers. You go to Google, you type in automotive uh, ad agencies, you're going to get 100 hits. You build yourself a map, you build a plan, and you start hitting them. And that's exactly what Adam did. And it was really funny because he didn't know it, but he sent his whole promo package to Radio Vision. And he sent it to one of the bosses. Huh. I didn't even know he was sending it. An hour later, I get an email from one of the owners says, hey, I just got this guy. I think he's great. Let's use him on the next set of, of spots we're doing. I, 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 what I do oh, when, you know, when I do an automotive demo, I'm very transparent. And I tell uh, anybody that I'm working with, you know, you got to come through the door, front door, just like everybody else. I cannot do an automotive demo with yep. you saying you do an automotive demo with me and, and you're in with radio vision. That's to me, that is highly unethical. So um, sure, I'll sure. first make sure that the demo that I do with somebody will actually do them some good. Otherwise, I won't do it. Um, and then, you know, I give them great marketing tips. I, you know, I say I know what radio vision likes, but, you know, nonetheless, um, you got to go through the front door just like anybody else. And that's what Adam did. And sure enough. Man's on the roster, and he did it all on his own, and it's awesome. Yeah. And that's the neat thing is that every city has one or two or three dealerships. You know, and there's thousands and thousands. Some, oh, yeah. Well, least. I'm talking small at cities. Least, sure. You know, if you want to talk about, you know, yeah. Anna, Texas, there's at least three dealerships in Anna. You go down to Dallas, there's probably two or three thousand. You know, and you just hit them. And hit them and, and you make notes and you, and you market yourself. You create a persona that you are a car guy. You make a separate page on your website that doesn't link to your audiobooks or your commercial or your narration or any of that stuff. That's strictly automotive because guys that do automotive, they don't know what they're hearing if it's not automotive. You send them a demo with United Healthcare. You send them a demo with Shakey's Pizza. Oh, not Shakey's. Listen, I'm so old. Domino's Pizza, American <laughs> Airlines. They don't know what they're listening to. You know, I, and and I know this from experience. I would walk in back in the old days. I'd bring in a stack of CDs, you know, and gorgeous voice, gorgeous interpretation. You know, what do you think of the voice? The guy says, well, you know, he's reading Kentucky Fried Chicken. I know, but what do you think about the voice? That's not, that's that not a yeah. car. But, well, he's reading yeah, it out of healthcare. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I, I want to hear Camaros. You know, I want I want to hear Ford F one hundred fifties. They don't know, <laughs> and and that's valid because there are yeah. ways to read car spots that are different than any other genre. Um, you know, sure. it, the way you read multiple prices: seventeen ninety nine, twenty three nine ninety nine, forty two nine ninety nine, and there's musicality right. to it. And if you don't hit that musicality, it doesn't sound like you understand an automotive script and then you'll, you know, you may not get the audition, you may not get the gig. But once you do and you're ready to hang your sign as a car guy, the limit is you and your marketing skills. 
You know, um, if yeah. you're a great self-marketer, yeah. man, I'll tell you what, you do four car spots a day from 10 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock in the morning, you're done. If it takes you more than 10 minutes to read a, a 30 second spot, you're the wrong guy for that spot. You're done. You got the rest of the day to do whatever else you want. Automotive, uh, national, or I'm sorry, local and regional, uh, the pay's not, it's not union, but you get four or five a day. Uh, anything oh, and, and revisions. That's an interesting topic. Being that there's such high volume in automotive, what is more typical as a pay range for that? Because, you know, especially with all the pay to plays and everything else, everyone's getting really hung up these days on what's a fair price for voice work. Uh, you're going to hit a sore Not, spot well, with me. I, I mean, just range, you know. Get... No, this is this is good. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. There is a very popular rate card going around, which is excellent, you know, yeah. and certainly yeah. uh, very valid. But just because there's a rate card out there doesn't necessarily mean you're good enough to get that rate. There's no uh, certification. Right. You, you know, you don't graduate from voice actor school with a master's degree in voice with acting. With a master's in cars. Yeah, yeah. You can. Right. You, you, that would be, you know, advertising and communication. There you go. But, uh, you know, people going online and saying they turned down a job for $500, I'm like, excuse me? You know, unless that $500, that job's going to take you four months to do, take the job. You don't need to post online, you know, everything that you're offered, what you take, which is your own business. You know, we got to pay sure. the bills. Um, and automotive is anywhere from 150 to 350 a read. Um, okay. Anything, uh, any revisions over um, 50% is a full read. Any revisions under one word under 50% is 50, uh, 50% copy is 50% pay. Um, okay. you should be paid almost immediately. I think that, uh, I can go a couple of bucks less per spot. If I pay you within two weeks, I would rather have $250 tomorrow than $300 in nine months from now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's clean work. You know, it's really, uh, you knock it out. Is it artwork? Absolutely. You know, does it take 10 years? Absolutely. Maybe more, but once you get there, you're riding the wave. Those spots come in, you knock them out. Spots come in, you knock them out. Nothing political. There's no egos. There's nothing. It's just blue-collar voiceover. And really, what could be better than that, man? Right. Well, and I think what, what a lot of people miss with this is back to the old SAG-AFTRA conversations that we've had too, where AFTRA at least understood – even when setting union rates, that doing something in Charleston, West Virginia is not the same as doing something in Dallas, which is not the same as doing something in Chicago. And running for a week or five days or, you know, whatever it is, this is not, you don't start looking at scale rates for that. I mean, I tell actors all the time not to sell themselves short because I see them doing it and, and, you, know, and you sniff that desperation of like, I, they're going to pay me 50 bucks. So I, I don't know what else to do. So I'm going to get that. What you're saying is something very different from that, though, and I think that's the distinction. It's this is what this market does, and this is how it works. You can make a living doing what you do. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it. If you're making, say, $200 a spot for doing five spots for a dealership in a day, that's $1,000 a day. Oh, you can make a fortune. That's a fair rate. Yeah. 
it's a totally different thing. We're making a thousand bucks a day. Right. And it's not fair to turn around to the dealership and say, no, I want a thousand dollars a spot for five spots. Exactly. That's $5,000. I mean, it doesn't make financial business sense at that point. So there needs to be a balance in there. Right. No, it doesn't. Because it needs to be able to sustain itself. If you're going to get 10 grand from Burt's used car world, the guy's going to go bankrupt. Right. The idea is as many spots as you can, keep the business alive, keep the brand name foremost. You know, uh, sometimes dealerships will say, oh, you know, times are really bad. We need to cut back advertising. I said, no. When times are bad, that's when you advertise even more. Those that don't advertise, out of sight, out of mind. Yes. Those four spots, five spots for a thousand bucks for the day. Yep. That's one agency. That's true too. Yeah. You could have five, six, 20, 50 agencies. You could be pulling in 2,500 bucks a day. Could. Well, yeah. You know, opportune work. Depends on how how much you're willing to work. Yeah. But. uh, And how much you're willing to put into it to work. Yeah, and and how quickly you can bang it out here. Let's see if anything has come into my email here. Yeah, there we go. Boom, boom, boom. I got three. So I think we need to wrap this one up so that um, I can get you my car spot stuff. Because, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you guys so much. Cliff, it has been phenomenal. Thanks for sharing all of your knowledge and all your information. If people want to get a hold of you for demos um, or to pick your brain on stuff, uh, first of all, are you open to that? And second of all, how would they do that? Uh, Best way to get in touch with me is through my email address, which is, I've got a million of them, but the 24-7 secret email address is um, Kalifu, K-A- L-I-F as in Frank, U as in unicorn at airmail.net, N-E-T. Or you can always visit Amazing Demos, A-M-A-Z-I-N-G, demos.com. I couldn't get it without the dash. I was too late. Ah, So so it's A-Amazing. But that's okay because my good buddy Christian Roselli said that every word out of my mouth back in the day was amazing. So to have that A in the dash is actually okay. Perfect. So he, he, uh, said, he does. He does a great Uncle Roy impersonation. Then he started to do an impersonation of me, and everything was, oh, dude, it was amazing, amazing. <laughs> I said, that's the name of my new company. <laughs> so a dash amazingdemos.com. I've got about fifty demos up there. They're fun to listen to, and check it out. Sounds great. Well, thanks so much for your time, Randall, BT, Cliff. Yay. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Until next time we talk again, thank you so much. Yes, my pleasure. Go take on the day. Do something fun. If you didn't learn all about what it takes to be an automotive voice talent, you need to listen again. Cliff Zellman is not only one of the nicest guys around, but he's also one of the top automotive ad audio guys around. Tons of thanks to Cliff. You can reach him from his website at a-mazingdemos.com. Let's Talk VoiceOver is hosted by Randy Ryan, owner of Hamsterball Studios, voice, music, and sound design, and me, Brian Talbot, actor and all-around creative guy. If you have comments, questions, ideas for other show topics that would be of interest, or you just want to let us know what you think, you can reach out to us by sending us an email to bt at letstalkvoiceover.com or go to our website at www.letstalkvoiceover.com. That's letstalkvoiceover.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher so you don't miss an episode. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. 
Thanks for listening to Let's Talk VoiceOver. We'll talk again real soon.